we're back for episode two um, and I just want to say a quick thank you to everybody that tuned in for last week's episode. It was amazing. We've had over 105 people listen to it so far, which is incredible, more than I could have dreamed of. Um, This week's episode is very much about my first year as an entrepreneur and everything that I've learned on the way and my advice to you guys. Um, I want to start this episode with a quote from Melinda Emerson. If you don't know who she is, go and look her up. She's amazing. And she's also got a podcast of her own called Small Biz Chat. Um, But she said something that really struck with me that resonates very much with this episode. And that is, you never lose in business. You either win or you learn. And that is probably the biggest lesson I've learned this year is that that is 100% true. So let's get into it. Okay, so I want to start off by saying that starting a business is not as easy as it looks. But then at the same time, it's not as hard as everybody says it is either. The truth is it kind of falls somewhere in the middle. Um, The 16th of August 2020 marked the day that I officially became a business owner. Uh, I had just sat down and sent off the forms, the super overcomplicated forms on the Gov website to become an official sole trader. I had officially started Lexia Designs. And when I started, it was this small handmade crafts business. And I was selling personalized products, things like t-shirts and home decor and putting names on cups, that kind of thing, which I absolutely loved doing. 18 months later, I'm still going. I'm still standing better than ever. However, my brand and my business has changed so much on the way. And it's crazy how different it is now as to back then when I first started. And on that journey, I've learned so many things about business and relationships and everything in between. And this podcast is very much going to be me walking you through the lessons. Um, So let's jump straight into it. Okay, so lesson number one. Saying you are an entrepreneur is easy. Anyone can do it. Actually being one is not. And this might be a bit controversial to some because this there is a huge rise in people trying to create their own businesses. And I do believe that almost anyone can do it. I think I think you can learn to be an entrepreneur, but I just think people have this image in their head of what it is. It's just incorrect. You know, I did when I started. When I first started my business, I thought I'm just going to work really, really hard. I'm going to push out loads and loads of products and I'll get found and people will find me and eventually I'll blow up and it'll all be amazing. That's not the case. Working hard isn't enough. Being an entrepreneur is more than just working a lot of hours. It's about working smart. It's about being productive. It's about being efficient in your work. At the beginning, when I first started listing products, I genuinely believed that if I just worked harder and longer, you know, there'd be some nights I'd work till 1am, then success would, I was going to be successful. That's, there was no doubt in my mind but that's not the case. It doesn't work that way. Working harder doesn't mean that you're going to achieve more. You see, if you work 10 hours every day, 
but you're not working on the right things and you're not doing them efficiently, then you're probably just wasting your, your own time and your own money. So something I picked up, and I picked this up quite early on, I'd say I'd probably pick this up in my first six months, was rather than just throwing myself in and blindly working hard and creating new products all the time, I needed to start focusing my efforts on doing the things that were going to make the biggest impact in my business. So for me personally, it was social media. I sucked at social media. There was something about getting out there and kind of tooting my own horn that that really just threw me. I just wasn't built that way. Um, when I did sell my products, when people bought my products in the beginning, I would get this amazing feedback and people would tell me how amazing it was. And I know they were telling their friends and that's amazing. Word of mouth is brilliant. Yet my sales didn't seem to be reflecting this. And I didn't at the beginning know why. But I did realize that just creating an awesome product and then listing it on Etsy wasn't going to be enough. I needed to figure out a way to push my products out into the world. So I started off small. I started off with a Facebook. I don't think I ever put my face on Facebook ever on not on not in the beginning. Um, but I was pretty comfortable with how it worked. So I, you know, started a Facebook page and started listing more on there. And I did start gradually seeing a small increase in sales. Um, and yeah, I was once I was kind of comfortable with that, I was like, right, what's my next step? And and I was thinking about my next step or what what are my other weaknesses? And that's when I started a TikTok. I moved on to TikTok, which at the time was daunting. I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna put my stuff on this this video page and all these people are gonna tell me how awful it all is. That that's all I could think of. Um but I can tell you right now that a, it's my absolute favorite platform. B, I've definitely seen my biggest growth on there. And I'm pretty sure that that's when a good majority of my sales come from. You know, recently I've just started working on Instagram and Pinterest, um, which are two platforms I still really don't know a lot about. And that's where I'm spending my time now. I'm learning more and more. I'm throwing myself into Instagram research. I'm throwing myself into Pinterest research and testing out what works and what doesn't work but I think my main point is is that once I stepped back originally and focused more of my time working on the things that needed improving well then my sales started increasing and they increased kind of naturally and they started becoming more consistent and that's what you guys need to do you know for you personally that it might not be your socials you might be great at social media it might be more to do with optimizing your websites to get the most sales or getting to grips with your branding and really figuring out what you stand for. It could be working on the SEO behind the scenes of your websites and your Etsy, or it could be figuring out who your target audience is. It is going to be different for everybody. But the first step in building a better business is to figure out where your weaknesses lie. Because even entrepreneurs, we, we can't be good at everything. We, we all have our weaknesses and your weakness needs to become your biggest strength. That's what you need to focus on. So lesson one, figure out your weakness and zone in on it and figure out how you can turn it into a strength. Okay, so lesson two. Um, and this was, this was a hard one for me to learn. Um, and that is being an entrepreneur, running a business, it is stressful, it's exciting, and it can be 
so lonely. I think if I could go back and give myself one piece of advice, it would be to build a community of like-minded entrepreneurs and small business owners as soon as possible. That was something I did a lot later down in my journey. And I spent so long being, feeling isolated. And it was just time I didn't have to be feeling that way. And then when I finally did build that community, it became one of the most valuable things that I had. Because uh, on it, telling you I was lonely in that first year, just it doesn't do the feeling justice. You know, my friends and my family were so supportive, but they didn't get, they didn't get it. They didn't get why I was doing it. You know, but then once I started, when I did start my social media journey and I started surrounding myself with other small business owners and entrepreneurs, it became clear to me that these are the people who really understand what it is, what it takes to try and go for something, even if it seems crazy and whether or not that their idea or their business has been successful yet, that doesn't matter. It's the people that are trying and you really do need these people in your life when you're starting out because they're the ones that are going to help you navigate the highs and the lows and give you advice but most important of all they're just going to be there to remind you that you're not alone and I didn't have that in the beginning and I really wish I did I have that now I have this amazing supportive community across all social medias hundreds of people who just make me I can be having a really crappy day and then I'll jump on TikTok and I'll have a conversation with somebody or I'll jump into an Instagram group chat and I'll have a conversation with somebody and instantly you just feel so much better. So if you've not done it yet, reach out. Reach out to people who are in the same industry as you, who are trying to do the same things that you are and you will not regret it, I promise. Lesson number three, starting a business completely changed the way that I think about failure. I have always hated the concept of and, and the feeling of failing. I think if you listen to the first episode last week, you'll understand why I was so scared about the idea of failing and my need to feel like I had to prove that I could be successful. And then when I started Lexlia Designs, I discovered that I was going to fail a lot and I was going to have to get used to the idea of failing. I think entrepreneurship is one of the most vulnerable things that you can do. You are constantly faced with failure and criticism from customers and competitors and people in your personal life and you have this almost consistent uncertainty about whether your idea is going to work out. And I think the only difference, I genuinely believe the only difference between a successful entrepreneur and an unsuccessful entrepreneur is that the successful ones learn to embrace failure as a normal part of their day-to-day lives. Being an entrepreneur is about trying the crazy ideas and figuring out what works and what doesn't work. And that's why that quote at the beginning was so important because it's it couldn't be truer. You know, you cannot really ever fail. You, something's going to happen. Something's going to go wrong. A lesson is there to be learned. 
that is it. You're, you're either going to succeed in what you're trying to do or you're going to fail, but you're going to learn and you're going to be able to edit that and change it and mold it into something better next time. So that is, now I'm not afraid. I am not afraid to try. And I shout that to the rooftops, to anybody I can. Somebody comes up with an idea, brilliant, try it. You never know. Because you because you just, you, you've got to stop being afraid of failing. Because if you are afraid to fail, it's going to hold you back. And you are never truly going to be as successful as you probably have the potential to be. Lesson number four, and this can be, this can be a hard one. Um, but the lesson is do not take advice from people who have never been there themselves. Now, I'm not saying don't listen to your well-meaning family members and friends. If they've got your best interest at heart, they might be trying to help you avoid mistakes that they've seen other new entrepreneurs make. But what I am saying is if you're going to take their advice, make sure they have actually been where you're going. As an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, you're going to be doing a lot of things for the first time that you've probably never done before. And you need to have people in your corner who know what it is like to start a business from scratch that can give you useful advice on how to deal with specific situations because they've been there themselves. And this kind of wraps back around into having that community of like-minded people and networking with um, other entrepreneurs and other small business owners, because those are the people, those are your people. Those are the people that you're going to be able to listen to and discuss things with. And it's, it's all well and good. You know, I'll have a rant to my other half sometimes or to somebody in my family, but they don't understand. They they don't really get it because they've not been in that position themselves. They don't know. So if you start listening to what they're saying and taking their advice, yet they've never experienced, experienced it themselves, you're going to start making mistakes. You really are. So make sure, again, going back to that community, make sure you've got it there so that you can get the right kind of advice that you need that's going to work for you and for your business. Okay, so lesson number five for me was, um, and it's one that took me a, a little while to learn, was that you are your business and your business is you. I learned kind of along the way, especially when I did start the social media stuff, that in order for people to pay you for your products or pay you for your services, they don't just need to like you. They need to understand what your values are, what your morals are. They need to see the benefits of your work. You know, you need to be making sure that your products or your services are solving a problem for them. And these need to wrap around into your values and into your morals. And I think that making sure that people understand your value means that you need to be demonstrating it over and over again. You know, I see some of the most successful people I see across social media on things like TikTok and things like Instagram are people that put their personal passions into their work. And this is because people buy from people and they're not buying something because it's pretty, although that's a good start. But, they, you know, they 
people buy people. They're, they're buying into the brand and you need to have a good brand. You know, and a really good way of doing this is just think about who who am I? Who do I want to be selling to? And make sure you're designing your services and your products around that. Make sure you're targeting those people and keep it relevant. One video or one feed post or one Facebook post isn't going to show people who you are. You need to be showing your personality and you need to be showing who you are. You know, are you a potential socialite who is offering luxury items to really upscale somebody's home? Or are you a fun, bubbly person offering fun, bubbly products that are going to make people feel great about themselves? Or are you a motivational self-affirmation type of girl who's going to improve people's self-care and mindsets? Like you need to be figuring out what your values are and then you need to be shouting them from the rooftops because people buy from people. Lesson number six is kind of a three-in-one. So the overall lesson is build your relationships, respect your time, and be honest. So if we start with building relationships, I genuinely believe that this can't be underestimated. It's going to be one of your biggest points of sale. You know, it's all about building a relationship with both your customers, your clients, and with other entrepreneurs. Because if you're coming across as honest and friendly and helpful, then people are going to remember you when they need those products or services again, or when somebody asks them for a referral, they're going to point back to you. And once you've got that customer base, you need to keep building this relationship by staying in touch and staying in touch on a regular basis. Don't go and spam them, but make sure you've got them on an email list and and send out one or two emails a week or drop them a message a few months after they've bought from you and check in. How is everything? How are you finding the product? Have you got any feedback? And these people are going to stay loyal to you. They, They like being approached in that way. The second half was the respect your time. And I obviously really struggled at this. This is going back to the first lesson where I felt like I needed to work every hour that I was awake. But then it ended up meaning that there were no boundaries between my work life and my personal life, which completely exhausted me and did not make me easy to live with. And it ended up actually reducing my productivity. It didn't make me any better at what I was doing. It made me worse because I was consistently suffering burnout. Now, when I'm deciding on new ventures or I'm deciding on new products or I'm pushing out my website or I'm trying to get more sales, I I take a step back and I think a little bit longer first. Time is money. Time is more important than money. You know, you invest your money into a business. You're expecting to make a profit. You want to make that money and then some back. But when you invest your time into your business, you're not getting that back. That's not going anywhere. And you have to be really very conscious of how you're spending your time. Take a step back, learn what things are worth it, and don't take on anything that that you're not confident about, that you're not worth it, that you that you're not sure is worth it. 
And then last but not least is be honest. Be honest about your successes, obviously, but be honest about your failures because people are going to respect you for it. People don't want perfection. They want transparency. You are going to make mistakes along the way. There's going to be a mistake with an order or with a service or whatever. There's going to be mistakes. But if you if you approach that person, if you take the first step and go, oh, I'm really sorry, this has happened, you know, um, but this is how I'm going to fix it. That person is going to respect you far more than if you fob them off or make something up or try and make out that it wasn't your fault we all make mistakes. We are only one person in most situations. Be honest about it and step up and people are going to know that they can trust you. Okay, so lesson number seven, and this is kind of the conclusion to all the lessons, um, wrapping them all up in one. And that is, there is no magic formula to entrepreneurship. Trial and error is going to be your biggest teacher. It It's best not to think of it as a one-time thing, but it's, it's going to be a journey that you are going to be on for the rest of your life. And at the end of the day, it is about enjoyment. If you enjoy the journey more than the destination, then you're going to fare better in the long run. Because at the end of the day, it's not what we achieve that really, really matters. It's the things that we learn along the way. So that is it. That Those are the biggest lessons, not all of them, by far not all of them. I'm sure there will be many more to tell you in coming episodes. But those are the, I think, the most important ones that I learned in my very first year. Um, what I'm going to do now is I put out a... Instagram post and a TikTok video about a Q&A and I've picked three random questions that people asked me and I'm going to answer those questions. So the first one was, how do you come up with new designs or products all the time? It seems to take me forever. And this is kind of a simple one for me. Um, it, it does depend on what you sell. Um, but for me personally, I am constantly doing market research. Now, whether that's running around on Google, having a look at competitors, whether it's asking um, my customers, market research is the most important thing. You need to be finding gaps in the market. What can I do? What can I do that's better? Um, asking your customers is a really good one. I tend to do a Google form once a month. It's free to do. I set up a Google form. Um, and it'll have lots of different questions on there. And then that helps me kind of decide what people are missing, what people are looking for. Um, there's a really good website as well. It's called Ask the Public. Um, and what you do is you just pop in a couple of keywords to do with your niche and it will come up with what people are searching for when it comes to your product. That can be amazing because it's another way of really easily discovering the gap in the market. Okay, so question two, did you find it hard to set up and get regular sales? If you've made it this far and listened to the whole podcast, you will, you'll, you'll kind of have an answer to that already. It wasn't so hard to set up. That was the easy part. 
to be honest. It was easy putting it all together. It was a bit hard wrapping your head around all the technical stuff. Um, but the getting regular sales is difficult. I still have times now where I have a quiet week and I'm like, oh, is that it? Is it over? And and I'll panic. And that's natural. But it's it's all about those lessons that I've learned along the way. And you'll get there. It, it, you will get there as long as you are open to learning from your experiences. Um, but yeah, it, it's easy to set up. Paperwork's a bit naff. But getting regular sales, it takes time. It takes time and it takes experience. Uh, and then the third question is a bit similar. It's how long had you been going before you got consistent sales? And I would say over a year. Um, my first year I made, I did not really make much of a profit, not in the first half. Um, the second year I made a profit, but then I reinvested all of that into the business. Um, so I'd probably say getting consistent sales that I can kind of rely on a baseline I can rely on probably took me about eight months. And even now, like I said, I still have quiet times, which I think is normal. So that brings us to the end of another episode. Ah, uh, I hope you found it valuable. I hope you found it entertaining. And I would really appreciate it if you could just drop me a review or a rating or both. Um, if you've got any questions that you want answering at the end of next week's podcast, feel free to drop those in the review or you can get them over to me in a DM on Instagram, which is Lexlia underscore designs. Otherwise, I hope you all have the best week ever and I will see you next Sunday at the same time for episode three.